0: Hey y'all, it's Mandy. Before we talk about this week's episode, I want to say shout out to the patrons. Y'all are the reason I'm still doing this. I could do it alone. But it's so much better to run with people who share your vision, share your values, and see the importance of the work you're doing. So if you're interested in all the premium content, hearing about the questions and answers, or even being a part of our live patron chats, check out my Patreon. It's under at Mandy K. Part, or you can search for Restorative Grief with Mandy K. Part and find it that way. Welcome back to Restorative Grief with Mandy K. Part. You are listening to episode 48, titled Engaging in Flow. This week, I wanted to try and keep it simple for you. I'm going to share a short excerpt from my book, Restorative Grief, Embracing Our Losses Without Losing Ourselves. Although we often consider the grieving process to be a step-by-step exercise toward acceptance, rarely does the experience of acceptance feel healing, or even reachable. In the book, I've used the five stages of grief simply as a framework because it seems a little familiar and experiences of grief are usually anything but. But I also introduce the practice of pursuing restoration. And that's our theme for this short piece I'm about to read for you today. Recently, I spoke with another podcast and they read sections of my work back to me as context for their questions. Nothing surprising there, But it drove me to return again to the book itself, rereading that section and others as a way to pursue greater levels of integration for myself through my own grief story. While I may not be in a season of acute grief right now, where everything is intense and loud and ongoing, I am always experiencing subtle grief, the stuff that lives muted in the background, occasionally turning itself up to an eleven. So hearing parts of the book from the heart of another person reminded me the value of revisiting what brings meaning and connection throughout any season of my experience of grief. So if you've not read my book, don't worry, you won't miss a thing when I jump in here at chapter six. Grief trashes our present to the point where we are grasping for our future and excavating our past, as if we can uncover something we missed that will restore the gift of today. But such a belief leaves our present hopeless. This is neither the promise nor the reality, yet, this wrong belief about grief can turn our faith into a battlefield instead of a source of restoration. In order to find peace, we need to embrace the promise of hope in our daily lives as a reality. Not only is something yet to come, but how can we embrace our present when we still experience triggers on a daily basis? There are so many methodologies and theories written to help the bereaved manage their losses. While tips and tools for the moment are crucial, the way forward through ongoing grief is to have a target in mind. The targets we set are not designed to be goals we reach, but a point in each day for our attention to land when the mind begins firing arrows in all directions. To find restoration through grief, we must identify our target, acknowledge that it is always moving, and bring grace upon grace into our present moments. I'm going to jump ahead here because... I want to share day 28. If you don't know, this book is written kind of memoir style, but also as this guidebook that's really easy to jump around in based on what you're experiencing and what you'd like to try. On day 28, I introduce the idea of engaging in flow. Quote The only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it, move with it, and join the dance. Alan Wilson Watts. I crave the experience of deja vu. When your mind suddenly transports you with this inner knowing and deep familiarity, it can be both unsettling and comforting. Personally, I consider the sense of remembrance as a confirmation that I am in the flow of my life, precisely where I am called to exist. That moment is a promise made manifest, even when it hurts. I also love when I'm meditating on a scripture or an idea, and I find it continues to arise in conversations, readings, or podcasts when the noises around me create symphonic harmonies with my own thoughts. The delight of being in unity with the universe overtakes the fear of an echo chamber. As I purposefully surround my life with creative people who embody a different perspective than my own, I am challenged and astounded when we not only find common understanding, but unified thought. This is how I believe God engages our mind and our thoughts with promises in the world. He is uniquely manifesting a presence everywhere around us, and yet in our distraction, confusion, and biases, we miss a lot, to say the least. However, as all of us grievers know, that great slowdown of time in grief invites us into a matrix like film style of observation at a slower pace. We notice things we missed. As our conscious minds begin to understand the connectedness of creation, we realize we are in the flow of spirit. The spirit is unhindered by our emotions, barriers, or biases. Becoming sensitive to the way she shifts our comprehension is crucial to healing. In grief, I believe we are uniquely invited to engage the spirit in a way we cannot prior to experiencing loss. And that does not mean that loss is the catalyst for our experience of spirit, just that as we experience loss, we are stepping into a new and realistic and expected season of life that will continue to deepen and enrich our Movement through this life. As Comforter, Spirit remains closer than ever with gentle wisdom. Grieving hearts are searching for meaning, and in the movement of grace, she reveals deeper aspects of God's character. It is crucial to engage the flow of our lives. As we are reorganizing the details, God wants to move with us, unveiling this face again and again to demonstrate the wild generosity and unrestrained grace. As we are reorganizing the details, God wants us to move with them, unveiling their face again and again to demonstrate the wild generosity and unrestrained grace. Holding the details of our stories lightly means living open-handed, with clear eyes and a trusting heart. Our empty-handedness and loss transforms into a sign of hope that we will receive something good. We will find meaning for our lives despite having suffered great loss. Engaging flow allows for gentle movement through loss. We notice the waves approaching, welcoming them as an old friend with familiarity. We are equipped to wade through lament, stronger than before, because we have embraced the plunge into the unknown and know and trust that we will believe again. For today, I want to invite you to listen to music by the artist Kinship. That's K-I-N-N-S-H-I-P. This artist created an electronic, meditative style of music that allows one's thoughts to simply float. I highly recommend the songs, Dipped My Toes, or my personal favorite, Homingbird. Allowing our barricades to fall means we do not continue to avoid or press against, but we lean into the presence of our experience of spirit as we heal. I want us to experience what it feels like to flow through movement with no true directives. Feel free to experience other music as well, but try to select instrumental or only pieces with a few words. Invite the spirit to bring sight of where you have prevented flow from moving freely out of fear, judgment, any of those things holding you back. And in this moment of release, I believe you will experience a new level of connectivity in mind, heart, body, and spirit to experience the justice, mercy, and humility of heaven. Embrace the drift. Expand your lungs. Move your body. Wiggle your toes. Close your eyes. Find your smile.